So welcome to the winter special edition of the Sydenham Arts Live and now functioning podcast. So where we're going to talk about lots of things with you tonight, Sydenham, Lewisham and beyond. And tonight we are joined by some fabulous guests. Yes, we have Chloe Edwards-Wood from Give a Song. We have Callum Perrin from Good Behaviour. We have James Hodgson, yes, our very own from the Sydenham Arts Centre. And we have Paulus, aka the Cabaret Geek. Um, And of course, we might have a special treat for you from our very own Lewisham A-Lister. Yes. Now, Before we meet our first guest, we have a special message from a lovely local dame. So what do we do then? Do do you press the button and then... Oh, are we on? We're on! Hello! Oh, we're on! Hello! I am... I am Harry Poppins and I am your local... No, I know the accent doesn't sound like it. Uh, Doesn't sound like much really, does it? I'm your local pantomime dame for uh, Sydney and the surrounding areas, Harry Poppins. And I've been asked to come and interrupt your televiewing like this uh, by the Sydney Arts podcast because you won't be seeing me on a stage this year. Ah, uh, you see, there's no good when there's no audience, is there? They can't react. Uh, we'll try it again, a bit louder. You won't be seeing me on a stage this year. Because it's behind me. My career, that is. Yes, there will not be many pantomimes around this year. Uh, there might not be any vocal coaches around either, by the sound of things. Uh, but I wanted to say hello anyway and uh, and give you my love on this, the most festive and uh, and grandiose of time. Grandiose? That's not a word, is it? Well, cut that. Cut that when we do the edits. Will there be edits, sweeting? I heard there'd be sweeties and editings. Uh, so I'm looking forward to those as well. Uh, it's not going to be the same as Christmas normally is. I think you already know that. And uh, people like me, uh, we're having to diversify. I've been told I've got a pivot. And I said to them, you go pivot yourself, young man. And you had to think about that one for a while. Um, I, it's been interesting. It's been interesting the reactions that I've had from people whilst delivering their Ocado food in this outfit. Uh, and uh, I'm sort of writing my memoirs, really, out of all of that. Uh, I'm looking forward to the time when we can all be together again in a theatre. Uh, don't forget your local arts centre or theatre is probably struggling right now. You can do your bit by uh, joining their mailing list or getting in touch and seeing if they need volunteers for 2021. Believe you me, theatre people are and have always been very resilient, but they're going to need your help because it's nothing without you. We're curtains without you. That's what theatre is. So don't forget that even though there might not be something happening right now at Christmas time in 2021, you can do your bit to bring the arts back stronger, like my accent, stronger and better than ever. And my love to you all at this very festive time from Harry Poppins, aka Paulus the Cabaret Geek. And now to put that accent back in the... What what accent box did you get that from? I didn't know we had a Swahili. Do we have a Swahili box for accents? I don't think we do. So do I just leave now? Or does the cameraman leave? How does that happen? I don't know. Do I walk? I walk up, do I? I walk. Okay. 
Thank you very much, Harry Poppins. And I can say that I would be delighted if you turned up at my house dressed like that, delivering food. I'd be absolutely over the moon. Okay, so let's move on to meet our first guest. They are a skilled singer and saxophonist. And during the summer of lockdown 2020, they recognised the true power of their gifts. In a year where people have often felt hopeless or they've been quite literally isolated, our guest stepped up to spread joy and socially distanced happiness to the residents of Lewisham. What started as a few musicians making a couple of visits has grown and now the Give a Song project has visited hundreds of residents in the borough. Yes, we are excited to welcome to the show the founder of Give a Song, the wonderful Chloe Edwards-Wood. But first, let's have a little look at what Give a Song have been up to. Thanks for being here. How are you? I'm okay. I'm uh, just warming up because we've been out in the rain for most of the day today. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was a good fun day. Good, good. You've been out in the rain. Yeah, you're doing a lot of visits at the moment, I gather. Yes, uh, it's quite overwhelming, actually. I, uh, we're doing more than I, I thought we ever could. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But yeah, this week is very busy. Yeah, are you finding that in the kind of lead up to Christmas, people have been wanting specific Christmas tunes or kind of, is, has that got anything to do with it? No, I think it's just the time of year that um, everyone feels like they need to just have that extra bit of drive to get to the end of the year and they want to do something nice for a neighbour or um, a relative or someone they know is still isolating and I also think we've gone back into tier three as well um, but yeah it's a time of the year that people are sort of a bit stuck as to, to what to give and, and I think it's um, a tougher Christmas for so many people so yeah sure it, it, sure <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. And um, could you, so could you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to start Give a Song and how it came to be? Yeah, so um, it was back in about May, maybe slightly before. It was during the first lockdown. Um, and I was, well, like a lot of freelance creatives, a little bit stuck with um, losing most of my work, but also 
feeling of, of lack of purpose in my life. Um, and I was really inspired by the local uh, Lewisham like community response. Um, so many people got together to um, sort of help out and everywhere locally was inundated with volunteers. Like I, I tried to talk, get involved with a few places, but they just didn't need anyone. And so I wanted to put my time into something positive and I, that coincided with me reading a book at the time, which was called How Music Can Make You Better. And it's written by a lady who is a scientist and an opera singer. So it's quite a good combination. She comes at it from a scientific point of view as well and talks about the science behind the, the power of music and the different parts of the brain that it affects. And um, it's really interesting, but it just uh, sums up really um, how important music is and, and how you can use it. Um, for the better and I just thought it's such a simple concept but to tie in the two getting music happening again getting musicians playing again and reaching those people who are completely on their own isolated what could we do maybe play songs outside their window and that's how it started yeah could you pull out any specific experience where you've really seen it working or are there just too many examples of that happening um, so the most recent one um, was a lady we went to see um, who has dementia and her. we went to see her and her son who is her full-time carer and um, he told us about two specific songs that she really responds to and when we arrived there she was really quite absent and I don't think she'd noticed that we were there um, and then as soon as we started playing, so it was a Cockney song, it was Knees Up Mother Brown that they, that she, well, um, her husband <laughs> had uh, suggested. And, and we started playing that and it was like electricity in her body. It was like a shock of music. And she started moving and dancing and the eye contact, she was looking at the singer at the time and they were sharing this connection and she was singing she, and it was uh, seeing the two together, her and her son, just sharing that, and it's like she came back. It was, it was, it was incredible. Um, it was really, really moving. And there's a video of that. That's probably the most, the sort of the most clip, the obvious sort of change um, that I can think of in mind. But there's been that's amazing. And do you think it's changed anything for you as a musician? And how I don't know. Did you do a lot of community work before, or is this kind of new to you? I have done, yeah. So. Um, at Christmas, I would usually be as like an entertainment organizer, activities organizer, and musician at um, one of the Crisis at Christmas homeless shelters. Um, I've sort of done a lot of um, elderly lunch clubs and things and doing music in community settings. I've kind of grown up doing that. And so it, it wasn't, um, wasn't, yeah, it's not so new to me, but I was actually discussing with one of the musicians today how for a lot of the, the musicians I've got on board, it is totally new to them. And it's it's a totally different skill set than just going and playing music. Like you really have to um, engage with the people, have a chat, sort of, you know, sometimes slightly difficult situations. You have to learn to deal with them and, and um, be able to handle that and be able to uh, act sensitively. And so it, it really is um, a learning curve for a lot of them. And I think it's been what I've been told by them, it's been a really amazing experience for them, just as important for them as it is for the people that we see. Yes, and so you're a combination of volunteer musicians um, that have other jobs now, and um, you're looking for donations to support musicians that are out of work as well, is that correct? Yeah, so we've been really lucky. The response has been amazing, the local response. I, you know, I had no idea what this was going to be. I didn't necessarily see a future it was just at the time this is what felt right and it was going really well um but since then we've had a few um 
sort of pots of funding from one from Lewisham Council and most recently from Lewisham Local. They've given us a really um, generous pot of funding to ensure that we can keep going, but also to um, pay those musicians who have lost their work and livelihood as well. So it's to pay them to go out into the community and do something really good. Um, but that only goes so far. And so especially with the amount uh, of sort of requests we've had at Christmas, so in order to fulfill those, um, yes, we, we have been asking for donations and it's been amazing. Again, the response has just been incredible. And yeah, we've got this raffle and so many local businesses who, who've seen the video and seen us around, wanted to support us. And even, even though they're going through a tough time, as most businesses are, they still wanted to donate something. So it's been amazing. I think people like the concept of, you know, supporting those who are out of work, but also supporting them to do something good and make a, a huge impact in the community. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. So because, um, so people can request a song for free and then other people that can afford to donate are donating so that those people can get that song. Exactly. So we, we never ask uh, for money. So it's a free service. If you refer someone, we'll go and go and sing. And obviously, sometimes people want to show their support and they would like to donate. But we, we, we don't ask people to donate or send them a link or anything that is the service itself is entirely free. We'll go and, and play a few songs. And and um, quite often we specific songs are really important, especially if it's someone maybe with dementia. So a certain song can really can bring back a lot of memories. And, and it can be that that sort of um has has that impact so we we do try our best to learn specific requests amazing and i can confirm your raffle prizes are fantastic i had a look on the, on your website and i was like wow there's a real like variety there's like an ipad and then carpentry lessons and things like that music lessons i was like wow um okay chloe so um we get two of our younger listeners, Jazz and Holly, to um, write questions for our guests. They are six and eight years old. Um, I asked for specifically winter-themed questions. So I've just pulled one out of the bag here, uh, and it is... Okay, um, what would you ask Father Christmas for? So maybe not what did you, but what would you? If you could ask Father Christmas for anything, what would you ask for? That is... Cool. Um, I think it would be um, thermals. I've learned <laughs> in the last weeks that I really need some thermals. Uh, my toes are really feeling these these visits. Um, so thermals, definitely. Yeah, that sounds like a, a sensible a sensible request. <laughs> I was gearing up for world peace to be the answer, but no thermals are definitely <laughs> sound like they're very important in your That's job. Way down the um, thermals first. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, Chloe. Um, this isn't goodbye. We're just going to um pop you back into the waiting room while we line up our next feature. Thank you so okay. much. Yeah, thank you and see you in a second. Okay, fab. So as we know, it wouldn't be any sort of celebration here on the Sydney Arts podcast without a visit from our favourite local Hollywood legend. Yes, there are rumours that he used to live in Sydenham and Forest Hill, a double local. His career took off at such a speed in the early 2000s that those barrels never stopped smoking. Although now he happily resides in Beverly Hills, he has vowed never to forget his South 
East London routes. And in doing so, he has kindly taken the time out of his action-packed schedule to record some absolute Christmas bangers for us on the Sydney podcast. So all our guests have to do is listen to the song and tell me what the song is. There is a point for the song title, the artist, the year the song was number one for Christmas, and how many weeks it was at number one for. So there's four points up for grabs here. The guest must buzz in first to answer, but they get a shot at answering all four points. If there's a hesitation, the opponent can steal. It's brutal out there. Okay, it's time to play. Jason Statham Jason Statham sings to the nation. Hey, hello again, Chloe, and welcome, Callum. Hello. <laughs> Sorry that you get very little introduction now, Callum. You're straight into the game, but I promise you, you'll be introduced to everybody properly very soon after Jason's done his bit, you know? Um, are you both clear on the rules? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. great fantastic um so in order to buzz in you will need to make a buzzer sound please chloe may i have your nominated buzzer sound first are you ready i'm ready (laughs) oh yes (laughs) fantastic callum what have you got oh um oh nice i I thought i'd go for just subtle and yeah Nuance. Okay, great. So we've we've got a crashing triangle and a nuanced beep beep. I like it. Okay, do we have our first song ready? All right, let's play. Water's running in the wrong direction. I've got feeling it's a mixed up sign. I can see it in my own reflection. Something funny's going on inside my mind. Don't know what it is that pushes me higher. It's the static from the floor below. Then it drops and catches like fire. It's the sound I, it's the sound I know. Chloe needed hardly any of that song then before that triangle went. Okay, Chloe, what do you think it is? Sound of the underground. Girls aloud. Am I, am I mm-hmm. saying uh, And what was the other question, sorry, what? Oh, sorry, yeah, what, what year do you think that was at Christmas number one? Um, 2003 oh it's close but it's not 2003 um are are you up for a steal callum 2002 oh 2002 it's always and we've still got how many weeks and that could go to either person three weeks oh we both went for two i'm afraid it's not no no i went for three i went for three oh sorry sorry it's still it wasn't three Not to worry. It was four, but it would have been hard to have got all of those things. All right. So for that round, we have Chloe on two points, Callum on one point. But it's still all to play for. Still all to play for. Are we ready for our next one? Okay. Are you hanging up your stocking on your wall? It's the time that every Santa has a ball. Does he ride a red-nosed reindeer? Does he turn up on his sleigh? Do the fairies keep him sober for a day? Oh, no buzzes at all. No, no, I said beep, beep. You did buzz. Oh. I said beep, beep, but it was just so subtle. 
and tasteful. It was very subtle. <laughs> it was, it was del- what I'd expect from a sound artist, actually. I know. Exactly. Is that, you know, and, it's, and I'm sorry I didn't pick up on it. And Textured, truly you know? not, not a professional, not a professional sound person. What, okay. Um, what, what have you got for me? Merry Christmas, everybody. Or everyone. Ooh, I can't remember. I don't know. It's Ooh. so, it's so. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Go with you first. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. By Slade. It's 1970. Oh, it's either 1970. I'm going to go for 1973. And I'd say five weeks at number one. Oh, my goodness. So it's Slade, 1973, five weeks. Oh, and I guess I should give you, it's Merry Xmas, everybody. But I'm going to give you it because Merry <laughs> Christmas, everybody, is very, very close. You got all four. So that yeah, that just he just came in and he just swept like that, didn't he? For so now that's five two to Callum, and I'm sorry, Chloe, that's where it ends for you. Um, I yeah, I thought Girls Aloud was going to be the hardest one. Um, you came in and you shone, and then Callum just ran in there and a four points and won it. Okay, congratulations, Callum. Thank you for playing, Chloe. This is where we say goodbye to Chloe and Callum. We will speak to you again in just a second. Thanks, Chloe. Bye. Bye, Chloe. And of course, we should say a huge thank you to Jason, who really spiced up things for us here on the Sydney Arts Podcast special edition tonight. Um, I mean, is it even really Christmas without a visit from Jason Statham? Not in my books. Okay, so it's time to properly introduce our second guest. So they are an artist, a sound maker and performer. They've produced work for BBC Four's, BBC, sorry, Radio 4's Shortcuts, YLAB, Arts Council Wales and various theatres. They are currently part of the Oxford Contemporary Music Scheme, Boom, and they are one half of theatre company Good Behaviour, who this year produced a piece for the Sydney Arts Centre called Safe and Sound a participatory audio project by and for disabled people living in Lewisham. Yes, we are delighted to have talking to us today the brilliant Callum Perrin. Now let's take a little look at a section from Safe and Sound. A big thing that's come out, out of it is the, the flexibility of people working from home, which makes a lot of jobs a lot more accessible if we can carry on with that flexibility and that connection. So that's what I want to see. I want to see more of that because before, if you're a wheelchair user, then you can't necessarily get into places. One of the regulations that changed was that the local authorities didn't have to provide um, everything in his EHCP. They had to use their best endeavour, but that can be anything, which is why the therapists were under a lot of pressure to provide content, but they're also taking blood from folk up at the big hospital, so... And it's, it's back to the, oh, it's only the elderly and the disabled who will be affected. And I'm like, yeah, but your only is my world.
Okay, thank you so much for joining us this evening, Callum. It was really difficult to just choose one tiny section from uh, Safe and Sound to feature on the show because it's beautifully composed and um, very thought-provoking throughout. Um, when you were interviewing people for the piece, was there anything that surprised you about what people said to you? Or when you heard things, were you just like, oh, I expected to hear that? Um, yeah, I think that, I think there were sort of certain experiences that both me and Ashling had, um, who's my co-creator on this piece, um, had had ourselves as disabled people during the uh, the pandemic. So, for example, things being quieter, there being less kind of less kind of pressure, but maybe it being difficult to sort of um, being stressful to go to the shops because of queues and things like that. But I, I thought that, um, and so a lot of our kind of thoughts about the the pandemic were kind of reaffirmed. But I actually thought it was um, it was really surprising when I went and interviewed a family um, who a family of four. So two young children and every every member of that family is disabled. And then how intense and stressful lockdown was for them and how noisy lockdown was. You know, that wasn't something I considered because I'm in a position where, yeah, I don't I don't have children. I don't have a busy household full of kids. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's a completely different environment having everyone in the house together. Yes, mm. I definitely uh, felt for any of my friends that had kids in that very, very early stage of lockdown when it was like, yes, everything, we must manage everything um, all in this tiny space. Um, okay, and so what motivated you and Ashling um, to focus specifically on the experience of disabled people in lockdown for this piece? Well, I think that we were kind of, we were, again, we were reflecting on our own experience a lot. And we were also trying to kind of kind of think of, you know, where we are, we envisaged good behavior as a theater company. Obviously, um, we kind of started the company during the time when all the theaters are closed. So we were kind of trying <laughs> to think about how, how can we kind of use our skills to, to make work about how things are now? And, and how do we, and, and our experiences now are kind of, personal sort of feelings was just so related to, to ourselves as disabled people that I, and and I think that the more that we kind of looked into it and spoke to other disabled people the more we found a kind of a willingness for people to sort of talk about about this and there's maybe like a lack in the media of talking about the experiences of disabled people during the pandemic you know apart from as kind of very fragile people who might need to shield or something you know there's not really much there's, there's not much kind of depth there so yeah that's kind of why we wanted to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And in the in the piece, you use a combination of music and sounds use, uh, and as well as the spoken word, word, sorry, and you use um, domestic sounds like we hear water dripping and things like that. Um, when you're producing a piece like this, is it that the sounds are always inspired by the spoken word? Or do you often find that actually the um, spoken word inspires the sound so the opposite way um i think i actually i compose it's very much like a sort of like a piece of music i'm, I'm thinking about the sort of the textures of the sound all together and how it flows as a composition and i think the big thing that i wanted to do when i was composing this piece is that i wanted it to move in a more thematic way rather than it being about um a kind of an individual narratives if you like so it was really kind of the sound of the different people's voices and then and then thinking 
oh, so, so someone kind of sort of sounds like this, therefore I'm going to pick a, a sound to put underneath that has a similar texture that complements it or kind of pushes against it. And so I kind of, it was very linear. I'd sort of start at the start and then I'd choose my favourite kind of bits of uh, dialogue to use, bits of interviews, and then just work my way through it and then sort of find things to accompany that as it as it evolved and, you know, say, oh, it needs to, it needs to lift up a bit here, it needs to reach a crescendo, or now it needs to kind of come back down. So... It was it was kind of like in an in an abstract way rather than trying to illustrate things that the words were saying. Ah, yeah, it's interesting that you say uh, textures because I listened to um, Quiet and Totality, your pieces um, for Radio Four, and that you can really you really feel some of the sounds. You can, and I I did wonder if that's something that you intend to do with an audience do you go there thinking i want them to feel this or does that kind of develop depending on the piece yeah i mean i i think it's very much a kind of like i want the audience to sort of feel this kind of thing i mean it comes from my background my background is kind of in in theater obviously and as like a theater sound designer and and it comes from the like last year i was designing a um doing sound design for a production of Moby Dick and there was actually a speaker under the seats and so I could kind of make these sort of low frequency rumble for when the kind of whale was kind of meant to be around and stuff and that's the kind of performative stuff you can do in performance spaces so I definitely like to carry a little bit of that into into just audio work you know so it can kind of you can make you can make the audience kind of feel relieved by suddenly kind of cutting to silence or kind of like really sort of gentle sounds or kind of mixing these different textures in in quiet there's it's this sense of everyday normal textures that you'd hear around the house that kind of turn into a rhythm and things like that so so yeah yeah it's very cool um and then sort of so going back to your um to safe and sound and the people that you met from that is there anything this is a big question but is there anything that you'd like to see a positive move that you'd like to see come out of the pandemic um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think in changing attitudes towards work and um, less of a, l- less of this idea that work has to be this kind of um, very, very rigid workplace based nine to five kind of thing. And, and I think more flexibility um, for, for disabled for disabled people, like especially but, but for everyone in, in ways that can kind of really help disabled people. I, I think I actually think a lot of the a lot of the changes that disabled people need are changes that would actually help the majority of people. <laughs> so it would really benefit benefit all of us. But um, but but yeah, I I think I think definitely a less less pressure, less kind of sort of busy lifestyle. I think would would, would yeah, be something yeah, that could sure. come out. Yeah, for sure. And I think you're right. I think a lot of people can definitely relate to that for sure. Um, Okay, so I have a little bag of questions here from two of our younger listeners, Jazz and Holly. They are six and eight years old and they have um, asked some winter themed questions. That's what I asked for. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) And this is this is very winter themed. What's your favorite chocolate? Oh, that that's very 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 difficult i love chocolate um so my favorite what my favorite brand of chocolate or just my favorite kind of thing of i i like dark chocolate with raspberry in it i love dark chocolate with raspberry mm. like I, I can't remember what the brand is but you know you get them it's is that yeah, like the yeah, posh nice. brand but you can get it from the supermarket you know yeah that's great yeah dark chocolate with raspberry that's a good answer that's a good answer great <laughs> um <laughs> 
Um, okay, Callum, thank you so much for your time. It's been lovely to meet you thank this you evening properly. No, not at all. And good luck with all of your future projects. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you now. Okay. Bye. 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 And the full version of Safe and Sound can be found on the Sydney Arts YouTube channel um, and is definitely worth a listen. Okay, now, as this is the Sydney Arts podcast for the Sydney Arts Centre, we thought it would be a good idea to hear a bit about the Sydney Arts Centre and um, what's going on here at the moment, how, how the year's been and what's coming up. So to tell us about the brilliant work that's been happening here at Sydney this year, um, we would like to chat to the visual artist and theatre maker who became the managing director of the Sydney Arts Centre in February 2020. Um, yes, it's the one, the only, James Hodgson. Hi, good evening, right. James. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I'm good. I'm good. Excellent shirt game. Thanks. I thought I'd go a little bit festive um, for this evening. We appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Um, okay, so amongst all of the sort of putting fires out around Sydney and things like that, um, th there's actually been some pretty cool stuff going on this year. And we can see now that window wonderland is um one of the things that's happening at the moment in sydney um can you tell us a little bit about that yeah absolutely i mean that came out of um you you probably know uh, some people that are watching will know that we do the artist trail every summer um which is one of kind of our big projects and this year that kind of got a bit kind of it was a bit tricky to kind of figure out where we were going to go with that but we we turned it all around and it kind of went online virtually um, and the response was amazing and I think it just kind of shows the strength of our creative communities around here and we wanted to have something over the winter months to be uh, bring a little bit of kind of brightness uh, and win window the window wonderland project is a project that's happening across the country um, a really simple initiative where people decorate or design a window um, in their house and the lights that they have on in the evenings uh, make that come to life. Um, so there are over 70 houses around Sydney and some in Catford that have joined us as well um, oh. who are taking part uh, this year. So yeah, it's really it's really great. And that's on until the 5th of January. You can go out on every, most evenings after 5pm. Uh, there's a few routes that are all on our website where you can kind of wander around like hour-long routes so you can have a a nice wintry walk and see some of the work that people have done. Oh, that's very cool. And uh, yeah, important, I think, important for this year particularly to see stuff like that happening around the community. That's lovely. Um, and um, so you have some other stuff going on at Sydney at the moment as well. You have the film club. Yeah. Um, so it's, of course, it's been really challenging with not being able to do physical events and we and we miss our audiences we miss being able to go and do stuff in front of an audience but we're doing everything we can to kind of keep the arts and creativity going in Sydney so uh, things like our film um, film projects are still running we managed to do a couple of films in October for Black History Month before we had to stop doing them again um, but we've established uh, what we're calling Sydney Arts Talking Films which is an online uh, group an online club where you can what, what we do is we set a list of kind of uh, films tv programs documentaries that you can watch at home most of it is on free to stream or uh or, or streaming networks like netflix and amazon 
uh, we set a list you go and watch it in your own time uh, and then every month we meet up uh, to kind of discuss uh, what we thought about the what we thought about the piece it's a really it's a really kind of open chat uh, it was great fun our first one was in November and we've set a slightly longer uh, playlist and the next one is in January I think it's the 21st of January um, and you can sign up uh, to that on our website and all the information is there as well okay that's cool and this this might be a difficult question um with everything that's going on but do, do you what do you have lined up for next year for Sydenham is there yeah, or do I, we is it can we say well I mean we hope to have events as soon as we can obviously we don't know when that will be we don't know when the restrictions in London will lift so uh it's a it's a bit of a case of watch this space but we are kind of planning to to have hold hopefully a couple of concerts in the new year uh, and we're also kind of rethinking and reevaluating what our position as an arts charity in Sydney is in terms of supporting the the amazing creative community there is so watch this space for some uh, exciting programs that we hope we will be able to do in the new year um if we if we get all the funding etc that we need to to do them programs but um yeah i just want to say thank you to all Sydney Arts supporters because uh you know without without the people that kind of come to our events and have continued to support us uh, and give us uh donations and all that kind of stuff we wouldn't be able to do this stuff uh, but we'll we'll keep going and we'll keep giving you plenty of stuff online or in person whichever one of them it is in the new year oh now this is going to put you on the spot but have you got a highlight from the year any highlights of Ooh. projects that have happened well that's a very tough one but i think um I think there, there was an event. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose two if that's if that's not too cheeky. Um, that's okay. That's one, at the end of our virtual artist trail, we had a kind of a culmination of kind of events where we had uh, a, a, a art gallery, but it was online and it was kind of, that was a totally weird and new thing that we'd never done before. Uh, we did that alongside a concert with images and work from artists, and then also the creative commissions that uh, we did over the summer of which this podcast uh, came out of. So that's one of them, um, Ashley and Callum's work, and also some uh, uh, workshops that we did, some poetry workshops we did over the summer. Um, some really like kind of new and unique things that we've done. So I think it's been a year of a year of firsts, which has been great. Yeah, yeah. Adapting, isn't it, really? Um, okay, cool. So I've just delved into my bag of questions from Jazz and Holly. Dun, 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 dun. Um, okay, so, and the question is, what is your favourite Christmas food? Oh, wow, there's so much good food at Christmas. Um, what, what is my favourite Christmas food? Uh, I think it's got to be Christmas cake. I, you, I, you can't beat Christmas cake with cheese. Oh, uh, I feel like that's yeah. left field, you know. People are not, you, you either but... love Christmas cake or you yeah. don't, you know. It's true, it's true. Oh. It's a love I hate might but yeah christmas cake is mine ah, okay well thank you very much jazz and holly we have a christmas cake lover in the house thank you james it's been um lovely to speak to you thank you so much and yeah everything crossed for sydenham and the year ahead yeah and we'll see you all in in the new year take care bye you. thank bye. you Okay. Yes. Thank you, James. And I've also got to say thank you to the love for my wig as well in the chat. It's very much appreciated. It was a secret Santa present and let's face it, it was a good one. So our next guest is a cabaret 
legend that's worked in variety and entertainment for 30 years. Their passion for cabaret led them to spearhead the annual cabaret convention and London Cabaret Awards. They are an experienced teacher, facilitator, mentor, compare and drag artist touring shows nationally and internationally. They've been a talent judge for many shows including the BBC's All Together Now alongside Jerry Horner Ginger Spice and host Rob Beckett and they are currently working on a new show celebrating the music of Victoria Wood titled Looking For Me Friend which is playing in London in January. Yes it is the fabulous Paulus. Now let's take a look at Paulus in action. Please welcome to the stage Paulus! Situated between the leggings and the fascinated apartments. That is where I grew up. <laughs> Sleeping underneath the till, which is difficult when you're 27. Doesn't matter if you sing out of tune, as long as you're German. Maybe a good idea this evening to get your head, if you haven't already, around the idea of gender fluidity. <laughs> oh, you shouldn't have kissed me because you started a fire. And then I found out you're a serial liar. You lied about your status. You lied about your life. You forgot you had three children. You forgot you had a wife. <laughs> Do you hear the one about, the one you filled with doubt? Was it worth your see some people in the audience looking completely baffled. Possibly had the ticket bought for them by a loved one. Hello, Paulus. Hello, Angela. Hey. Very nice to see you. Andrew, thank you for joining us. You've come straight from another gig as well. So <laughs> your fifth gig of the day. That's um, quite impressive, to be honest with you. Are you um, finding that your life is full of Zoom shows, Zoom gigs, Zoom parties at the moment? Well, that's the, the, the good news. The wonderful thing about doing stuff online and using Zoom and Skype and everything is that, you know, fifth gig of five gigs in one day normally would involve a tremendous amount of uh, Ubers and uh, getting in and out of coats and, uh, and, and getting soggy and uh, sweaty and stuff. But uh, I'm at home and in my jogging bottoms <laughs> underneath all the <laughs> jacket and everything. And, uh, and after I've done this, I will be eating a shepherd's pie in my front room uh, after about five minutes of taking this makeup off, which is a lot nicer than the commute home at the end of a long day normally. <laughs> so have you found the transition um, easy in a sense then, or was it sort of difficult at first to transition onto performing on online rather than in person and, and then you've just adapted? I was very reluctant to begin with. The, the whole point of cabaret, as far as I'm concerned, is uh, the relationship that you have with an audience and that there being no fourth wall between you and the audience and there this you know doing something uh in different rooms there is literally a fourth glass wall in between you and the audience so I sort of can't get at them as much as I I like to in real life um, I'm sure they're delighted but uh, I like to be able to smell them and scare them <laughs> <laughs> and and now you're actually um 
part of your Cabaret Geek YouTube channel is geared towards helping performers transition to to Zoom. Um, so you you you've quit really quickly adapted to even being able to kind of pass that knowledge on. It sounds like yeah yeah. As soon as I started, and I started with uh, um, WI talks, uh, uh, and I've been talking to women's institutes in Essex and Hertfordshire, uh, all of the counties closest to London, because I. I don't drive and uh, you know you have to keep it fairly close by and so that means uh that because they're now on zoom i can talk to a wi anywhere in the world and uh, after i'd done a couple i thought you know there are some things here that you that, that other people need to know that that all is not lost there are still tools and tricks to engage an audience even if they are virtual and even if you're not in the same room so yeah there's a few videos on my youtube channel the cabaret geek as you say which are specifically about helping other performers like myself and you've and you've been teaching for uh, 20 years now um so do you ever uh, and mentoring as well do you ever think oh goodness, I've, I've just made another Paulus, or do you always manage to find the, the unique individuality from, yeah. from artists? It is, it is my biggest fear that, uh, that I'm just creating little versions of me. I mean, what a hideous, hideous world that would be. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope, I, I'm, I do my very best to sort of celebrate, and this isn't what happened to me at drama school, which is perhaps why it's so, so important to me. I do my very best to celebrate what people already are, right, rather than trying to change them and make them into something that uh, that I think is better or more sellable or, or what what have you you know uh, my all of my students will be rolling their eyes as they hear me embark on this old nugget because I say it so often but there's this lovely story about Michelangelo and people used to say to him oh Michelangelo how do you do it how do you make these amazing sculptures like you know David and the Pieta and stuff and uh, he very famously said apparently I was not there uh, but he very famously <laughs> said uh, I just take this big lump of marble and I assume the perfect piece of art is already in there. And my own job is to chip away at the excess marble. So when I'm mentoring, when I'm teaching, and, and, I'm, and I, you know, ideally I try and remember it when I'm <laughs> doing my own entertaining, uh, we're just trying to chip away at the excess marble and get to what's inside naturally. Yeah, and so, and speaking of your own entertaining, you you have a show that you're working on at the moment, um, Looking For Me Friend, which um, you've described as a loving tribute to the late Victoria Wood. Um, so I guess, first of all, what can people expect from that show? What does it sort of entail? Uh, at, at the moment, uh, and you mentioned there'll be shows in January in London, which, uh, well, there'll be one now. Uh, yes, one was cancelled yesterday because of the new tier three restrictions, but the, the Crazy Cox is still due to happen on the 24th of January. The Crazy Cox is the venue. Um, and so at the moment it's an hour long because we created it for the Edinburgh Festival, which then got cancelled. Uh, but I do have plans and I've already written the script for the longer version. And the show is, the, is her songs predominantly. So in the hour long version, you get 12, of her songs, including that very long one that's very hard to remember. Yes, that's in there too. And uh, <laughs> but 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 more than that, we explore the musicality of her phrasing, her scripts, and the specificity of her choice of words. I remember decades ago hearing her on the radio being interviewed and discussing with the interviewer 
the importance of specificity. She said, the word, saying Kenwood Chef is funnier than saying blender. And that stayed with me for 20 years or more. And uh, it's that sort of quirkiness, that wonderful lexicon that she uh, used that we're celebrating. And uh, it's completely unashamedly nostalgic, old fashioned. It mentions, you know, poll tax and Thatcher. I mean, this, there's nothing new about it whatsoever. <laughs> An hour of love. And do you ever do you feel any pressure at all by taking on because for a lot of especially comedic performers Victoria Wood is a, is a an inspiration and, a, and an idol um, so and with kind of um, reinterpreting her work and and using her work do you, do you feel any pressure at all or are you just confident in your own experience that it's okay and like like you say i guess if the 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 beauty is already in the marble <laughs> well well there are some songs that i've been performing songs of hers that i've been performing since i was around 15 years old um uh, so that they're in my body and in uh, the sort of the muscularity of my my mouth and my jaw and stuff but others i've never performed before and uh not being able to sort of bed the show in with a nice long run like the Edinburgh Festival month, it has made it tricky. And so I guess my biggest fear is to uh, to not get things right. She was, uh, as anybody that know, has read her, the new biography about her by Jasper Rees, she was an utter stickler with her cast members for not paraphrasing. And and I am too about, you know, my own work as a writer and hers too. I don't want to not. I don't want to say blender. I want to say Kenwood Chef, if that's the line in the song. And uh, it's just a bit of a tour de force. I mean, my piano player also has lines and uh, uh, is there with me, but it's it's nonstop. And to keep going from naught to 60, because you do one performance, then they all get cancelled because you get locked down. And then to do one performance, you know, it's just, that's what's challenging at the moment. But we're getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how are you rehearsing? And how are you finding, are you, but presumably you're not rehearsing on Zoom. No, because I, I don't know if people that aren't musicians really realise this, but if you, if you Zoomed with your pianist or your guitarist, any sort of accompanist, there's a delay. Um, and it's it's not a long one, but it's significant. And you can't really rehearse in that way. So uh, there have been points during the year where we've been able to work together in a room with our director. But for the most part, I'm, I'm very glad to say that the show um, was already in a wonderful state in February when we did our first uh, what was an Edinburgh preview. So for the most part, it's been about just getting match fit as the day, as the show day approaches and, you know, stopping drinking wine. <laughs> <laughs> um okay you said match fit actually and I read something on your website and I just wanted to ask you, so you've got a huge catalogue of experience and including according to your website as a badminton player with no shuttlecock <laughs> <Is that, laughs> well, um, am I missing something well I'm a terrible terrible sports person and match fit is the is the weirdest phrase for me to come out with because I know nothing about any sports and badminton is kind of the only <laughs> one I, I I'm, I'm vaguely good at but I, I made a television program I was just an extra and I made a television program and I got a feeling it was the Anton Deck um uh vehicle not by biker grove i think they had another one um uh, and i was playing badminton and i was so bad at it I, so i was in the back 
background and this scene was happening in the foreground and I was so bad at it and I missed the shuttlecock so many times that they eventually took the shuttlecock away from me and my partner and said just pretend there's a shuttlecock (laughs) (laughs) that's a great story (laughs) um okay and so like um like many artists you've been really resourceful over the pandemic and you've created your own patreon with unique content for subscribers um what sort of content could people hope to find if they became a poolless patreon uh yeah I, a lot of people don't really know what patreon is and i, I i've been i mean i can't tell you how many times i've made the introductory video that you, that's on the landing page because it's very hard to describe when a platform is fairly new like patreon what it is you're asking of people but i guess the best way to describe it is that like patreon of the wwf and i'm an endangered panda and what i'm asking for <laughs> is you know your support on a monthly basis for you know in return for certain things so it depends it depends how much you can give but uh, you know there are behind the scenes videos uh first look of uh new performances either with myself and my pianist or me on the one of my two ukuleles some of those songs will be original because i'm also writing music with another collaborator for a musical um and uh, the really high tiers are for people that want to te- uh, to learn with me about cabaret or comparing or anything that involves uh, facilitating for a group because i don't just work with performers I've taught teachers vicars football coaches magistrates anybody that stands in front of a disparate group of people and has to bring them together the skills that I've learned over 30 years as a cabaret host and a cabaret singer they can be transferred into into that so there's tons and tons of different things and and it depends on the uh tap the tier that you choose uh, to be on T- tier means a completely different thing this week to me now, but they they're, they're called tears well, on yeah. Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> tears everywhere. Um, okay, amazing. Gosh, you're so busy. It's great to hear. Um, and we have a little question here from um, two of our younger. Uh, listeners they're six and eight years old jazz and holly um and this is a winter themed question that's what i asked for uh and the question is what is your favorite pet oh this is a great question jazz and holly thank you um i have a cat my husband and i have a cat he's a tuxedo cat a black and white cat and his real name is harley because he purrs like a Harley Davidson. We got him from Battersea Dogs and Cats Home about six years ago now, and uh, they named him, he was originally called Charlie, and they renamed him Harley because his purr was keeping every, all the other cats awake. Um, and he's an utter, <laughs> utter monster. Um, and uh, there's uh, a, a Twitter and an Instagram and a Facebook page called The Cabaret Cat, which uh, follows his antics, including climbing the Christmas tree uh, with and without borders <laughs> on it. So I've always been a cat lover um, since I was a kid and he is uh, he is our cat and uh, very much hope he will be for many, many years. <laughs> oh, lovely. There you go. Jazz and Holly. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us this evening, Paulus. It's been lovely talking to you and hearing about everything that you're doing and everything that you have um, coming up. Fingers crossed for um, the show in January. 
Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. It's a bit like playing whack-a-mole, really, being a performer or being in the arts at all these days. Just got, oh, dodged that one. Oh, got that show in. Oh, no, that one's being cancelled. But, uh, you know, everyone's uh, having their own issues with that, aren't they? So we just, uh, we I just keep waking up every morning and going, onwards. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like being prepared for, just being prepared for everything, isn't it? Be prepared yeah, for everything every- and for anything to happen. Expect nothing, accept everything. That's what I say to my students. <laughs> <laughs> that could be the motto for this year. Yes, for sure. <laughs> well, thank you very much um, for having me, Angela. And thank you for your time. Thank you. Um, and Merry Festive Season. Merry Christmas, everybody. See you again, I hope. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, Paulus. Bye. Oh, lovely. And thank you, everyone, for joining us here this evening. It's been wonderful to have you. We do have a special treat for you lined up from our Hollywood pal. But first, um, let's thank all the lovely guests for this evening. Thank you for your time. It's really appreciated and it's great speaking to you. Thank you to Mike, who's been on tech. Thank you to John, who's helped with some sound editing as well um, today. Remember, if If you haven't already, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those for the exciting updates from the Sydenham Arts Centre. Coming up on next month's show, we have a local Lewisham artist, um, Joseph E. Joy Emmy, whose work is currently featuring as part of the Disrupting Art World exhibition, that's NoHo Studios, and as part of the Tate Britain's Late Tate exhibition as well, which is streaming on the Tate's website um and we'll have some other wonderful guests for you too thank you again merry end of year happy winter special and thank you so much for joining us here on the sydney arts podcast When you're gonna live your life right Oh mama dear, we're not the fortunate ones And girls, they wanna have fun Oh girls just don't wanna have fun In the middle of the night, my father yells, What you gonna do with your life? Oh, daddy, dear, you know, you're still number one. But girls, they wanna have fun. Yeah, girls just don't wanna have fun. So they really want, oh, 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 some fun. When the working day is done, all oh, girls. Just wanna have fun. All oh, girls just do wanna have fun.